Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And welcome back to the First Cup Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson, and uh, we are sitting here the quail at not the quail hollow tournament. That's that is man, Kyle, is that is such a local that is, that is such a me showing my local colors here for the second show in a row. But uh, <laughs> the quail, as they would call it around Charlotte, are you going to quail? No, nah, this is the Wells Fargo um, Championship at Quail Hollow Golf Club in Charlotte. It's been through many names. And, uh, and, and Kyle, that's a, it's a CBS event, right? Yeah, it is. Used to be the Wachovia Tiger one, Tiger and Anthony Kim wanted as the Wachovia championship. Rory and Sean O'Hare wanted as the Quail Hollow championship. And then a bunch of people include, including Rory again and Ricky have wanted as the Wells Fargo championship. So first career win uh, for Ricky back in 2012, right? That was, that was Rory's first PGA tour win too. So so who's interesting. who's who's most likely to get their first PGA Tour win here at Quail Hollow this weekend? Oh gosh, uh, is Fleetwood playing? I don't think Tommy Locks is playing, but I could be wrong. Oh, you know, you know who I think? I, I think this was my sleeper too. Uh, Sun J M. He's good. He was, he's he's the best player in the world that nobody knows. Ser- seriously. Like, I know we talk about Cam Smith. People kind of know who he is. But Sunjay M, nobody knows who he is. And he's awesome. He was really good on the web.com tour. He's got, like, four top tens in his last six starts, which is insane. And nobody's talking about it. Uh, So, yeah, he's the – I think he has the best odds of anybody who's never won a PGA Tour event. Yeah, he does, by far. Sunjay M – 20th strokes gained off the tee, 19th strokes gained tee to green, 24th yeah, strokes gained total. Sick. I mean, it's, it's, and it's not like we're four events into the year. Okay. This was, this was the run. It was basically the month of March. Nah, I don't, I didn't watch, uh, I didn't watch Corrales Putacana. <laughs> I will not claim that, but I definitely was paying attention to the AP Arnold Palmer and the Valspar, both in the month of March, T3 at Arnold Palmer, T4 at Valspar. Yeah. And then he goes T7 at, at Punta Cana. He goes T20 at, at Texas open. Didn't quite qualify. He was actually pretty close, but didn't qualify for the masters. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a really good player and he was my pick for rookie of the year. I wasn't buying the Cam Champ stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, I think he's most likely to to get his first win. So what are you going to get Rory McIlroy for his uh, 30th birthday coming up here on May 4th? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. Maybe an Audible subscription. <laughs> so that he can tear through books even faster? Yeah, just get that. I got a friend who uh, he's, he's voracious. He's very ambitious, good dude. He's like, yeah, I go – 
I go two X speed on audiobooks, maybe two and a half. I'm like, are you? You're a lunatic. That's crazy. Uh, so I, yeah, I did one point two five for becoming. I think mm-hmm. I sped mm-hmm. it up a little bit. I don't think I think one point five made it sound a little bit too robotic. I need to still maintain the the earnest tone from Michelle Obama as she was reading her own on the audiobook version. <laughs> yeah, if you get it, especially that's probably especially true if the person who wrote it is is also reading it. Like right. if you go to like one point seven five or two, it's like what are what are, why are we doing this? What's going on? <laughs> is that just is that just injecting words into my brain? That's like main, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the put it right into my veins version of anything audio. Yeah, serious, seriously. <laughs> now Rory turns uh, thirty on Saturday. Uh, May the 4th, may the 4th be with you. And, um, some interesting notes from Justin Ray, Justin Ray, obviously 15th club. Uh, he's been doing this kind of weekly notes deal and it's awesome. Everybody should read it. But he said, here's a, here's a number for you, uh, chip with his win in March at the players where, uh, Rory became the third player all time ever with 15 PGA tour wins, including four majors, before turning 30. The other two are Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. That's pretty crazy. That's not like a, oh, well, you know, who's the only guy to have six Ryder Cup singles victories and also gain more than three strokes per round for 28 rounds before turning 28 and a half. You're like, oh, I don't, what, what just happened? No, this is, 15 wins, including four majors before turning 30. Very straightforward. Tiger, Jack, Rory. It's pretty good. When we when we focus, so because Tiger and Jack and now Rory, and I would even throw Jordan Spieth in there as well, because these players had such success at a young age, that has probably uh, skewed our expectations for what we think has made a golfer great or not. And when so many PGA tour players, many of them just, just living regular pro lives get out of these age ranges in their twenties and into their thirties without being able to stack up a whole bunch of wins. What's up, Ricky Fowler? Like that is like, like that, that is unfair to the, to the Ricky Fowler and just sort of the average PGA tour player, because we can't set the expectation that everyone is going to win as early and as often as Jack, Tiger, Rory, and Jordan Spieth. For sure. And and there is there is a little bit of nuance here because I think if you look at Tiger and Jack's numbers, it was like, you know, Tiger had like 38 wins and nine. I, I, I don't, I haven't looked up the numbers, but he had like double what Rory has essentially in terms of the collection there. And so it's not, it's not as if like, I'm saying Rory's in that group, but if there's, I mean, there is a dividing line and he's, you know, beyond that dividing line. And it's a pretty straightforward one, 15 wins, four majors. Like that's not, you know, that's, that's, those are, take Tiger out of it. Those are historically unbelievable numbers. Um, so, so while he is in that group, I, I would say he's actually probably closer to the group that includes like, you know, Kepka and Spieth and JT, who who while historically pretty good, are not historically 
elite like Jack and Tiger, at least not yet. Do you think, um, and, and Rory is the the betting favorite right now. We're going to get your picks for the Wells Fargo here at the end of the show. Uh, do you think that Rory is paying attention at this point in his career to where he stands among the greats? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, I think he is. I, I think that, I mean, he's said it. His goal is to become the best non-American golfer of all time. Like the best international golfer that has ever lived. And we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that he's there yet. But no. if he has, if he has like an average Rory 10 year run in his 30s, then I think, I mean, he'll easily get there, right? Faldo's, you know, like I, I th- Faldo's count is six, right? Yeah, he had six majors. Seve had like 50 European tour wins and five majors. So I, Gary Player, you know, th- there's there's some names that are, um, you know, that are certainly ahead of him still, uh, but, but that he could – and that's the thing, right? Like he doesn't have to do anything beyond what he's capable of or what he's proved that he's capable of doing to get there. He just, to, he just has to keep doing the things that he normally does for an extended period of time. And then when we're talking, you know, when we're injecting podcasts into our brain in 2029, then we're, you and I are talking about how he's the he's possibly the best international player of all time. Tired, injected into my veins. Wired, injected into my brain. <laughs> Um, we're actually just going to build a, a pill where we like pack all the Rory content and you just take the pill and it's like, it's, it's in your, it's, and it's in like, your, wow, that was exhilarating. Okay. <laughs> now let's move on to the daily. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, one of those great non-American golfers from the sports history is Ernie Els. He's got an exception into the U S open at pebble is, was this controversial? Uh, no, I don't think so. But he did get one for the second straight year. I didn't realize. So he finished. Let's see here. He finished runner up to Tiger in uh, 2000 when Tiger won by 15. So runner up in quotes. Right. Um, but then in 2010, he finished third to uh, to Graham McDowell. He finished two two shots out of a playoff. So he's had not only is he is he a U.S. Open champion. Um, but he's also had some really good uh, performances at Pebble in the past. So I thought it was cool to to see him get that. Um, you know, we don't see him at Augusta because obviously he never won there. But I, I just I thought it was cool that he got an exemption into this year's U.S. Open. Ernie Els is still good for giving us, uh, if not one really, really fun round, at least one startling jump to the top of the leaderboard on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, he did that at uh, where was that at Honda earlier this year? Yeah, all of a sudden you're like looking up. Wait, does that say L's on the leaderboard? Yeah, yeah. He finished. Uh, he fin- ended up finishing T twenty at Honda, T seven at May- at the Maybank Championship. So he still got a little juice, you know. And and I think that I just I just enjoy watching him play. How could you not? You know. So to see him at Pebble this year will be cool. Um, let's see, Lexi Thompson jumping off social media. Yeah, did you see that? Uh uh-uh. uh. She she did the whole like, you know, I can't read the comments anymore, they're hurtful, which yeah, I'm sure I yes, they are. I guess my question to you is if you were 
if you were, and I heard Speed talk about this earlier this year. He was like, I haven't been on Twitter in a year, which, mm, okay, maybe. But uh, would you be on? Would you be on all that stuff? Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp. <laughs> I would not be on WhatsApp or WeChat. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Hao Tong Lee. Yeah. WeChat on his on his hat. Um, I, I think that I probably would, but I think that I would. I, I'm, I'm like putting myself in the same situation where I am now, where when I when I got on Twitter, like some of the first people that I was tweeting with were my friends and and people that were also um, of of my age, young adult. Like I was, I had a job in media, but people were not following me because I was media. And we were like sending tweets that were talking about what we were doing and, uh, you know, tweeting at each other. We, we were using it very much as a small, small social world. And then as it has continued to grow and has, as my following has continued to grow, I've made it, uh, I've made it still personal in the sense that, you know, I will inject, I will be, I will speak as, as I would speak to that same audience, but my audience is no longer just my friends and I imagine that if I was a professional golfer, it would be a similar set, like similar situation where at one point I was using it just as something that was really, really fun trying to make my friends laugh. And then later on, I would assume that it would become a little bit more of a, a, a branding brand management, like a good way to distribute videos. And you know what? The answer is a definitive yes. Now that I talk it out and I will tell you that my Twitter feed as a professional golfer, I would hope would be a blend of Phil Mickelson and the European tour. <laughs> but Phil like doesn't actually like press buttons on his phone. Right? Are you sure about that? I don't think he does. Maybe. So, I don't know. I mean, all we really, that's the thing is all you really need is someone to hit record and hold the phone. Yeah. Yeah. The Phil thing's great. So yeah, I, I, I think I would, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I think I would have a presence on there, but that I would have somebody else run it for me. Um, I, I would still use it as a way the to fill, d- the, distribute video the thing for, is great at, at yeah, a minimum yeah. as a way to distribute video. And like right now, the, the Carolina hurricanes uh, are, you know, making a run in the Stanley cup playoffs. And after every single game, they've got like, as they're eating their meal in Washington DC or in New York, after they've gotten out of the locker room, like players are just sitting there talking into a phone, giving a quick, like 45 seconds. Like, Oh yeah, it was a great win out there. The boys were fighting hard. Uh, here's Jordo right here. got the game winner. Like that it was, it's an incredibly earnest and honest, like they're just shooting a little video on a cell phone. I assume they're just, you know, I messaging that video to the social media manager and the social media manager just posts it from the account and it creates that like brings you closer to uh, the team or brings you closer to the run. You know, Jason Duffner doing his mock fill as he's walking to the, as he's walking to the clubhouse at Harbortown. Did you catch that? No. Oh yeah. Duffner did a Phil Mickelson like, well, we're not going to be uh, looking for bombs because bombs don't work out here. Should be real good for me. And he's like walking across <laughs> the tennis courts as he's like on his way cutting through from the rental house uh, to the clubhouse. He might have even had his bag on his back too. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty great. Yeah, I, I think I think that's I what think I would we'll, use it for for sure. 
and I th- and I think what we're both saying is there's a big difference between being on Twitter and like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling versus like having a presence on Twitter, which is, you know, leveraging new technology for your own brand or whatever, you know. And, and so I think while that is that the latter part is smart, the former part is where it can get you in trouble and just it's just not great for your for your mental health especially as a as an athlete well 10 years of writing about sec football has desensitized me to what value there might be to responding to people uh responding to hateful messages in your mentions yes yeah so so i think the training for all professional athletes should be running an alabama blog for a year Then you'll then you'll be able to quickly discern what's the difference between um, you know a, a worthy critique, um, a, a slightly a, a slightly off kilter and irrational um, you know just lambast of your take, or just a straight up troll that is using a word generator to spit uh, some would- vitriol at you. I would love to see some like Adam Silver lackey at NBA, like, you know, the week after the draft. Welcome, welcome everybody to the National Basketball Association. Uh, your first assignment, you're going to write about, uh, you're going to write, give me 300 words on Jalen Hurts to OU. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hit publish and let's look at, and do read the comments. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, what the hell? <laughs> Dude. Um, all right. Here's a question on on a level of concern from zero to ten. What is your concern about Justin Thomas and the status of his wrist? Yeah, he pulled out of Wells Fargo. Uh, I I don't know. I, it's such an intense time of the year that I think guys are going to default to not playing um, because there's so little time between majors. So I would. I'm pretty low. I'm like a two. I think I have a little bit of concern for JT's body. <laughs> You're going to turn that into a clip. Uh, <laughs> I have some concern just on the whole. He's just so violent. And he, I don't know. Like, and I'm not talking about this year or next year, but in like 12 years, you know, it was the same thing with Tiger. Nobody cared when he was 23, but then he's 35 and you're like, Oh, okay. So, I don't know, whatever. I think he'll be fine for PGA, but I think it, it could be a, a picture into maybe the, the future with not, not just him, but a lot of these guys who are so violent with their swings. I Because of Tiger's resurgence, I have backed off of my my feeling that I... Not that you know bet. Like, I don't think that I know or I am in a position to anymore put out... Um, like critiquing someone's swing for what it means for their body. Because if they are like when you are the best golfers in the world and especially, you know, these, these golf junkies, the, they can rebuild their swing. Yeah. They can Well, but using tiger as an example of that is not the, the like, oh, you might, you might struggle. Like you might struggle as you rebuild your swing. You might have a dip in your production, but it doesn't mean that you're going to, I don't know. I'm, I, but, but, but Tiger's had like five swings. Like he, like, like honestly, like he might be the best rebuilder of swings in the history of golf. 
And so I don't, I don't know that I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, I don't know that using tiger as your example is the best way to like prove that point. I felt like I was critical of tiger as he was struggling to make his return talking about his, you know, I was, I was speaking on his swing as though it, he wasn't helping himself and, you know, watching all these shots where he would just tor- you know, twerk his back and he would just be looking so uncomfortable and grimacing. And I just, it, you know, now we see, um, you know, s- slight changes in the ability to find success, the ability to, in his words, just sort of find something where he's going to be able to be successful. And uh, I, I've just removed myself, I think, from feeling confident in uh, in the ability to critique what a swing might mean for physical health. You know whose swing is going to last until he's like 70? Uh, who? Spieth. Yeah. <laughs> Spieth's going to be like 49 at Augusta, and you're like, well, he's still slapping it around. He's got four green jackets, still slapping. You think you think that little thumb on his grip is just going to move more and more as his career goes on, longer <laughs> you know, and longer? The, the, the other thing I was going to bring up is the person that is like, and all these guys are, I mean, I'm joking about Spieth, obviously. Like, he's unbelievable ball striker, one of the, one of the, I mean, he was the best in the world a couple of years ago, and and I think that's still inside him. But he just he has a very smooth and and um, I don't like aesthetically. I don't love it, but it's it's good. I think for longevity. But the guy who's who like when he hits the ball in person, and this was my one of my takeaways from the Masters. You're like, oh my gosh, like how can somebody do that to a golf ball? Was uh, was Kepka? Just because he crushes it. I mean, it is stunning. Like the he hit an. I was watching him on uh, number four at Augusta, the par three. He probably hit like a six iron, and it was like it just was noises I've never like <laughs> imagined before. I mean, it was it was crazy. So if you're going to the PGA, you listen to this, going to the PGA, go follow Kepka around for a little bit. It's going to be a little difficult because uh, he's paired with Tiger and Francesco over the first two days. But if he like makes the cut and He's going off early on Saturday. Just go watch that. It's it's a it's a show. Any uh, any other news items that you want to hit? <laughs> no. Um, one question I had for you, real quick, before we get to mailbag, is uh, which which sort of cycle with Tiger have you enjoyed the least? So have you been like, oh my gosh, I'm sick of this? Was it the can he win another major or has it been the fallout from winning a major from winning the masters? Can he win another major or can he win again? I think can he win again was my least favorite. But is that, is that because it lasted so long? Yes. And also because, um, it was overpowering and overshadowing golfers and golf stories that felt more significant to me at the time. And for to have it be the, the not only to have it be one of the first questions that you'd be asked, but to not be able to have a great answer. Like, I don't know, maybe win a golf tournament. Sure. I, I don't know what to say here. I don't know what would, would placate the, the demand for answers. It's, it's like, so chip tiger question mark. And, you know, now that we've actually been able to see results, we've been able to see production, we're able to have a little bit more nuance and conversation about um, his game, the tournaments, his schedule, who he's going up against, where he stands against those players. It just, uh, it, the, all of that 
even as exhausting as it might be to be in Tiger Overload, all of that's better than before the Tour Championship. Yeah, I agree. There's more form to it now, too, because now you're like, okay, well, yeah, he can he could catch Jack. Like, that's on the table. Right. And not, and not in, like, an ethereal way, but in, like, a – he's got – in a mathematical way. I mean, honestly, he's got, you know, 28 of these left or whatever. Ooh. You know, what are, what's the – 28? What? You've, you've got him seven more years of majors? Yeah, I mean, is he going to be competitive when he's 51? Oh, no, I was going lighter. Oh, so, like – 20 more of these? No, like 24 probably. 24 to 28. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in in that range. Um and yeah, you start doing the math and you're like, well, it could happen, but probably not, you know. So I, I think that conversation is more fun than the I don't I don't know. You tell me. Right. I, he hasn't right. played in two years. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to get into the mailbag and our picks to win for the Wells Fargo right after this. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So Kyle, you put out a... Uh, you, you, do, you have, uh, do you have all the questions here? You put out on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Um, we already talked about JT's wrist injury. Where do you want to go for, uh, these questions? You want me to read them to you or do you want to pick them? Uh, I'll pick them. I want to, I want to start with, uh, somebody, this is, this is kind of brutal, but somebody said, who wins a major first, Matthew Wolf or Ricky Fowler? Yikes. (laughs) That's tough. No, it's not. It's Ricky Fowler. 
No, that's a tough question. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. Fowler. He's over. He's over thirty-seven. I think Sergio was like over sixty-six or sixty-five or seventy. Uh, whenever he uh, whenever he won his Masters, so he's got a he's got a long way to go. But and we talked about this the other day. He's best major golfer of the last five majors last year or the last year plus since the beginning of 2018. And if you're doing that for a, for a long sustained period of time, it's, it's going to break your way. Matthew, Matthew Wolf hasn't even, he can't even be paid for his services yet. He, he wasn't even the, uh, he's not even necessarily the, the most heralded of the moment on his own college golf team right now. I know. Victor Hovland, low am at the Masters, currently uh, leading the charge. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who wins the uh, the college awards because so they've got two different awards. They've got the Hogan and the Haskins, and one I can't remember which does this, but one of them includes all of amateur golf, and so that would be Hovland, obviously, because he won the USAM. Uh, he was low am at the Masters, like that. He's going to win that, and then the other one is college only, uh, and. In college only, Wolf has five wins, and Hovland I think only has three. So that's probably going to be Wolf, which is crazy that two players from the same team are going to basically could potentially uh, split the two Player of the Year awards. Mm. But both on Oak yeah, State a, golf school. That's a deep. That's a deep dive. Nobody wants this. Uh, <laughs> let's go to. Uh, we got a couple of variations of this, but uh, Colton says, uh, without Tiger, how much better is Phil's career? And somebody else, Jack Cody said, why do people, or excuse me, what do people's trophy cases look like in a world without Tiger? Uh, which is, which is a great question. And, uh, somebody, okay. So somebody linked to an article on, uh, PGA.com that basically examined like who would have more wins if Tiger or who who would have the most wins if Tiger never existed. Um, let's see. I can't find a definitive answer. I, I think that people, people should go look at that article cause it looks interesting. I didn't get a chance to read through it cause I just saw it. But, um, you know, I don't, I think that it's easy to be like, oh, Phil would have like 11 majors. But would he? No, 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 I mean, no, no. No, Phil, if if Tiger weren't around, I give Phil like a 1 to 1.5 major boost on whatever his count is because a lot of that is Phil, right? Like Phil against the course, Phil against himself, Phil against, uh, you know, there. there's so much more there that's just not Phil against Tiger specifically head-to-head one-on-one. I think that if we want to expand it, it's not just how much better is Phil's career. I think VJ Singh stacks up a lot more wins. Um, I think you could say Ernie Els maybe has, uh, maybe his trophy case has a few more in there. What about like a, what about a player like Ian Poulter, right? Okay, so here are some here are some stats. So this was an article by TJ Claire of uh, PJ.com, and he said he he went through every tournament and basically just took who finished second, you know, if there was a playoff, whatever. And he says um, no player was a runner up to Woods more than Ernie Els. Uh, Els was a runner up to Tiger on five different occasions. 
So he would have five more wins, theoretically. Seven different players, Miguel Angel Jimenez, Thomas Bjorn, Bob May, Chris DeMarco, Colin Montgomery, Rocco Mediate, and Xander Shoffley would or could have been major champions. Those are all guys who don't have a major. Uh, let's see here. Davis Love, Phil Mickelson, and Jim Furyk have all been runner-up to Tiger on four occasions each. I think I think the answer here is Chris DeMarco. Just his be- three run, his three runner-up finishes to Tiger were at the 05 Masters, the 06 Open, and a WGC, and, and a WGC. Think about how much different that is. Also, Man. Sean McKeel would be a two-time major champion. Goodness which is, gracious. Which is tough. That's tough. That's a great question, though. That, that's, that question deserves more time than we're able to give it on a podcast, but shout out to everybody who asked that one. That was good. Yeah, um, I'm going to stick to my original, too. VJ and Ernie Els. Ernie Els, that run, nobody being a runner-up to Woods more than him, and then VJ, I always give him credit because he's the only name that disrupted Tiger's uh, hold on the world number one there for a minute. Yeah, and I think we would just think about those guys differently, right? Like yeah. Phil would have been Phil would have been number one in the world for, you know, nine years or whatever. And and as it stands right now, he was never number one in the world. We would think about Ernie as like an, one of the all timers, and now we still think of him that way, but not as much as we would if if uh, Tiger didn't exist. Yeah, good question. Great question. Okay, what do you think PGA Tour pros would shoot in an eighteen hole two man scramble? And if you're paired with a pro, how many times would your team choose your shot? Um, the first it, answer I mean, is I mean, like 59 or 60, right? Yeah, I would go lower. It, de- it depends on the course. I mean, it, like if they're playing a, a two-man scramble at, um, let's say the Zurich was scramble instead of best ball, I think it's, I think it's like 58, 57, 56. And if they're playing a local track, it's like 44. Fifties <laughs> <laughs> in play. Yeah. And, and if I was paired with a pro, how many times? Well, okay. So I played, I have played with a pro in a pro-am before. And I'm thinking back to how many times we would have taken my shot. Probably twice. Really? Three times. I don't know. Maybe a couple putts. Maybe a, maybe a, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, would you have said zero? No, no, no. I'll give, I will give myself, uh, I'll give myself an approach, a chip, and a putt. I'll give myself three. <laughs> if I, I mean, it depends. Like if 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 your pro hits one out of bounds, then sure. You know, it just it's more dependent on what he does than what I do. Wait, so are we are we playing <laughs> scramble rules with the PGA Tour pro? Yes. Yeah. If I get to use yeah. PGA Tour Pro's drive, I can. I might be able to stick one. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I, I might go up to like four or five. Yeah, I'll give myself three. Nobody <laughs> cares about our golf game. This is um, this is a great one. Actually, I want to give a shout out to. Uh, uh, I don't know if I should say that. Actually, we'll. we'll I'll text that person later. Um, this is, is from Carson. Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is from. Oh, that one was from Mr. Benjamin. That question we just took about a scramble. This is from Andrew uh, at Kitsmania. This is this is so good. This is such a good question. What would the odds have been if I had made a bet with you after the 2016 Masters? 
So that was the Danny Willett on who would win their next green jacket the soon or first green jacket the soonest. I give you DJ Spieth, Rory Rose, Ricky, JT Day, Bubba, and Phil, and I get Tiger. What what are the odds? Like what what odds do, does that person get on it, that bet? Fifty to one. It's got to be higher, right? Maybe. The, yeah, but that's the uh, isn't that? No, I guess it was the next year. Honestly, like this question should have been asked like after the champions dinner in seventeen, because that's when Tiger apparently told whoever it was, "I'm I'm cooked. This is over." What a I mean, le- that would have been like what a legendary like, champions dinner. He even has referenced it in a bunch. Like he can't stop talking about it. Danny Willett served cottage pies and Tiger said he was toast. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag never forget the 2017 champions dinner. <laughs> Mini cottage pies. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, it's such a fascinating. I love playing that game of like, what if I, you know, what if I told, I know it's like overwrought and people do it too much, but I love it. And that's, that's a really good one. So I, I would say if you, if you would have done it during that champions dinner and you gave me DJ Spieth, Rory Rose, Ricky, JT day, Bubba and Phil, and I, you took tiger or, or let's say you got all those people and I took tiger, I would have had to get like 500 or a thousand to, I mean, that's, that's, that's a crazy, that's a crazy thing. Yeah. Good question. Good question. Uh, okay. You want uh, my Tiger Fact of the Day? Oh, yeah. Let's do Tiger Fact of the Day. Tiger Fact of the Day. I love looking back at his old uh, his old runs. He had a run in – this is not his best ever, but it might be his most interesting. He had a run in 08. So he, play, he starts the year at the Buick Invitational uh, at the end of January. That's That's Tory. And he wins there. He wins the match play in February. He's playing once a month, by the way. He wins the Arnold Palmer in March. These these are the only tournaments he's played so far. He plays again in March at the WGC, um, at a different WGC, and he finishes fifth. So he's uh, three out of four tournaments he's won. In between all this, he played in Dubai, and he also won that on the European Tour. So then he goes Masters in April, uh, and he finishes second in 08 to Trevor Immelman. And then he doesn't play again until the U.S. Open in June because of injuries. And that's the legend. And that's the legend. He wins that. And somebody brought this up when I tweeted this out. They said, Tiger played, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six times that year. He finished second on the money list. (laughs) (laughs) How good is that? I love Dude. looking back at this old stuff. And uh, I tweeted a different one from like, I think it was 06 where he just like, he won like nine times. I mean, it was just a joke. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun to look back on those. Those, I mean, that was more than 10 years ago. Tiger versus the field was um, a legitimate proposition. Yeah. If he showed yeah. up and you can't do it anymore, field's too good and he's yeah. old. For sure. Uh, um, as we turn our attention to the actions in Charlotte this weekend, what are some of the storylines that you're following uh, heading into it? Uh, I mean, the obvious one is is uh, Rory. He's just dominated this place. I mean, he's you know course record, two time winner, playing great this year. 
uh, turns 30 on Saturday. Just, just a lot of stuff going on there. But I, th- I think also like just prep work for the PGA. It's so, it's still like kind of disconcerting that the PGA is in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think, you know, I, I saw Doug Ferguson wrote an article just about guys are like, you know, we don't really know when to play, where to play. Kepka's playing Dallas next week. Bryson hasn't played at all. Uh, JT will have not played at all. Tiger's not playing. Ricky and Rory are only playing once. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of that going on, especially among the, the 12 or 15 that we, that we talk about. The, uh, I, I think that I'm going to take Rory to win here. Pretty pretty bold. Uh, I Fortune mean, favors the bold. I, listen, this it's one of those few times where even at like, I think you, I saw it around at like plus 450, and you're like, well, picking golf is a terrible decision, but I'm pretty sure Rory's going to win that. <laughs> it just It just feels right that after, you know, and I talked about this on our, our CBS Sports HQ show, uh, watch CBS Sports HQ, cbssportshq.com, get it on your CBS Sports app. But like, I just, man, this this just seems like it would be a lot of things coming together for him, a course that he feels comfortable. He just didn't seem to get any breaks at Augusta, right? I mean, he just had this, yeah. look, he had this look on his face at one point during the weekend where it was like he was almost realizing, he's like, oh, no, nah, well, this week isn't for me. Like, he had a couple yeah. putts that didn't quite go the way he felt or like they would just rim out a little bit. And he seemed to have confidence in where his game was. So it's not like there's been an incredible change in his game since, Oh, by the way, the players champion and and the guy who was looking like one of the best players in the world prior to Augusta. It's not like that much has changed. He just didn't catch the breaks he needed. Yeah, I agree. And here's another Justin Ray special. Rory is 69 under par. I think this is since 2010 at Coil Hollow. Only Phil Mickelson, 67 under, is within 30 strokes of Rory during that time span. <laughs> Fowler, Fowler's third at 36 under. Mm. That's pretty good. That's very, very uh, good. I'm, I'm picking Fowler. He um, Basically just because it's too easy to pick Rory and you already picked him. Uh of golfers with at least 25 rounds at this course, only Rory and Phil, obviously the two I just mentioned, uh, have been better in the strokes gain category since 2010. Uh, I basically just said that in a different way two seconds ago. But uh, he's been really good here, and he's got, I think, three top 15s in his last, maybe three top 20s in his last three appearances, including... T5 at the 17 PGA when JT won. So um, finished ninth at the Masters. He's playing pretty well this year. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we'll see. Rory should beat him, but uh, I think that uh, Ricky could get a second win this week. Ooh. Hey, Kyle, what are you reading or watching right now? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to do this just at the end of our maybe, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday deal. Um. So I'm reading Digital Minimalism, which is a Rory book club special. (laughs) He mentioned that at the Masters. I was in the middle of it. Uh, And it's great. It talks about using your phone less, why you should use your phone less, uh, et cetera. So I'm loving that. And then, Chip, I just watched a documentary called uh, Free Solo. Have you seen this? I have seen people discuss it. 
Um, I uh, I have not gotten it. It's on Hulu, right? Rock climbing. It's on. I got it on Amazon Prime. Okay. It's insane. The dude that that uh, free climbed uh, El Capitan. Hmm. Give me I more. Mean, I watched. So I watched it on the plane home on the on the trip home from Augusta, and I was <laughs> the the people came by to take my my drink, and I was like, "Can I get a uh, can I get a ginger ale?" And like, do you have a bucket of napkins? Because my palms are sweating so much. <laughs> like, can I just get all the napkins you have? <laughs> It's so good. You have to watch it. See, the the tension that has been advertised for it has made it so that I have, I'm glad it's in the library, but I need to be prepared emotionally to jump into it. Yes. Yeah. You do. No. And yeah, it's not just like a, uh, hey, what's on, you know, what's on tonight? It's, yeah, you gotta, you gotta like, you might need to like work out beforehand. I don't know. It's it's gonna it's gonna make me want to go to the gym and just like be a little bit better in my than yeah. my cushy life. Yeah. What 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 about you? What what's on your consumption list right now? Um. Oh well, you mean aside from the Old Testament chronologically? Yeah. We, <laughs> we we've made it through First Samuel and uh, David and Saul have have at least reconciled. We're just gonna good. keep keep going to Second Samuel. There. You were on. Weren't you on Judges last time I talked to you? Yeah. I'm I'm cooking. Okay. Cooking through. Uh I'm also reading the Pete Townsend Guitars for the Who, his autobiography. I'm a big big sucker for reading uh nonfiction about his uh music history, especially American music history, British music history from like 1959 uh through even the modern day, but like you know, I've done the the Stacks um, story, the soul music of Stacks. I've done the Clapton yeah. autobiography, um, and this one was uh, the one that was given to me as a gift. And I'm also, uh, it was interesting because my birthday was recently, and my parents got me the David and Goliath, the Malcolm Gladwell yeah, book. Yeah, Gladwell. Yeah, it's have, good. Have you read it? Yeah. Okay, I'm in that too. Yeah, it's it's really good. Not I mean, some nice uh, symmetry there with your Old Testament chronological reading plan. Well, that's why I had to pick it up and start it because I was reading about David <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean, he just he just took down the Philistines, so I guess I gotta dig into this now. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. I, there's the Venn diagram of people that are like grinding through the Philistines and like 1960s British music is probably <laughs> just a circle around you. Me. <laughs> Hey, got to got to stay uh, when you're when when you're deep deep in the college football, college basketball and golf world, you know, your your chances to venture out sometimes will take you to strange places. I love it. I went through the Old Testament last year and there's some fascinating it's it's really good and there there are parts of it that are surprisingly encouraging. I'm not doing it again this year. I'm more New Testament and Psalms this year, but uh yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's really good. It's juicy. Yeah, for it's sure. Real, it's real yeah, juicy. It's, it's interesting. People are like, oh, the Bible is so boring. You're like, well, there's a lot of killing. There's a lot of sex. There's a lot There's a lot of, a lot of stuff. You it know? would be great and, on uh, HBO. Hey, Game of Thrones is going off. I got a new idea for you, HBO. <laughs> Read the Old Testament. <laughs> 
Oh, man. That's good stuff. Good stuff. That's Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>